This is episode one of Being Average, Our Jesus Story. Welcome to Being Average, where we'll explore how to learn and use God's Word to strengthen our relationship with Him. I'm your host, Madeline Wood, and God has called me to use my testimony on how God is working in my life just as He is working in you for yours. These podcasts are going to be your Cliff Notes version to understanding and applying the Word of God to your life, where I will summarize what I have learned about God this week and then relating it to my very average issues that we all face. Tune in each week to journey with me on learning to keep God in the center of your life. Leave me a comment so I know you are here, and let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome to the very first episode of Being Average. I'm so excited that this is the first episode. I feel like this is a new leaf that you know I'm turning over, and maybe that will inspire you all to turn over too. I really wanted to start this as kind of a, a blog and testimony as well. Because I'm really trying to focus on building my relationship with Jesus and knowing the Bible. You know, I figure there are probably other millennials and, you know, maybe people who are older than me that struggle with the very same thing. Is you know, how do you keep God at the very, very center of your life all the time? And so that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast. And I'm hoping, you know, maybe it's going to inspire some of you to do the same. Um, I want to start with something I heard at my grandma's church this week. Um, It was... A story about in the New Testament, either in Mark or Luke, I didn't write it down because at the time I didn't know I was starting a podcast, and God was like, hey, you're going to start a podcast because, you know, you're taking notes and you're not sharing them with anybody. So here we are sharing what I've learned this week. Um, so Dr. Steve Eason, he um, talked about this part in Matthew or Luke, I'm not sure which one, uh, that there's this paralyzed guy and his friends, you know, They love him to death, and they don't want him to be paralyzed anymore. And they heard that Jesus was in town. And Jesus, you know, is doing what he does, teaching people. He's at somebody's house, and, you know, they're all crowded around him. And it's so full that they can't get in. And um, the guys and their paralyzed friend, they pick up their paralyzed friend, and they put him on the roof of this house, and they dig into the roof. You know, the houses back then are all made of mud. And... You know, everyone's freaking out, and, you know, Jesus, you know, heals them as they lower him down under the roof. But uh, the point of that sermon was, you know, we're all paralyzed in some kind of way. And, you know, those friends of the paralyzed guy, the paralyzed guy, all believe that Jesus would heal them. And so it's kind of like, well, why don't we do that if, you know, we believe in Jesus, you know, that he's going to heal our lives and that kind of thing. Um, a lot of it, you know, takes initiative from us. Like, those guys didn't just sit, you know. They didn't leave a note, like, oh, you know, dear Jesus, please heal our sick friend. Thank you. No, they went, and they went after him. They found him. You know, Jesus was there, but they had to, you know, do, they had to do a little door opening, or in this case, roof opening themselves. Um, so it's important, you know, to realize what your paralysis is like you know in my grandfather's case like he's actually paralyzed and these past few weeks since hearing this sermon has have literally been miracles he wasn't so before the sermon um you know where we were kind of trying to feel okay what's our paralysis you know paralysis for me and my example can be unemployment 
But for my grandpa, he's actually paralyzed, like physically paralyzed. And just the other day, he stood out of his wheelchair and got into a different wheelchair. And if that's not a miracle, I don't know what is, you guys, because that's pretty amazing. Like, all of our doctors, he's broken his hip twice. Um, he has dementia. And they said, you know... He's never going to be able to get out of the bed. Like, he's going to be bedridden. You know, God, he's just trusting God this whole time, and he's been so faithful. Um, and, you know, that just shows you the, you know, the results of, you know, he's actively going to these physical therapists, even though he really hates it. He thinks it's actually one of the most embarrassing things. But, you know, he's trusting God. He's like, you know, God's going to get me through this. And, you know, God made him stand up and switch wheelchairs, which is amazing. Um so for me, like, I'm unemployed right now, and, you know, I'm just trying everything I can to, you know, not have that happen anymore. But a lot of it, too, is, you know, trusting in God that, you know, he's not going to leave me to hang, and, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world, you know, being unemployed for, I think, almost two months now. And, you know, I'm in the final interview process for... Um, this really awesome job, I got uh, offered another job, which is also pretty cool. So, I mean, it's all looking up, and I think part of it's just, you know, staying positive and knowing that, you know, God's going to be there to help you with your paralysis. All you have to do is understand that you have a paralysis and that you can't do it alone. Um, and, you know, we're going to switch sides a little bit, and we're going to talk about Pastor Rick Warren. He was talking about this really cool um, story in the Bible with my favorite character, or I guess he's not a character, my favorite person in the Bible is um, is uh, Elijah. And if you guys don't know the story of Elijah, um, he basically performed all of these miracles um, for uh, these people. If you don't know the story about Elijah, he performed tons of miracles throughout his life, and he had an apprentice named Elisha, who's also one of my favorites. Um, but we'll get we'll get into Elisha later, probably, because he's literally my favorite, I think. And then Elijah's also really cool. But um, there was this place, you know, in Israel or whatever. I think it was Judea, but I'm. Don't quote me on that, because my biblical knowledge isn't all that great. Uh, like, you know, specifics and places and funny names that I can't pronounce. So, apologies. But, um, so, you know, he's being hunted, kind of like Jesus was being hunted in the New Testament. And Elijah's from the Old Testament. But he's being hunted, and, you know, he has prices on his head. And so, you know... God takes him to this ravine. If you don't know what a ravine is, it's kind of like a small canyon. It's really uh, narrow. Um, probably like, you know, 50 feet or so on each side. But God goes, alright, so Elijah, like everyone's trying to kill you, but I need you alive. It's just, you know, you don't have anything to do right now because everyone's trying to kill you. So you're going to go live in this ravine. And so Elijah goes, and he lives in this ravine, and he's feeding off of dead things that birds bring to him and water from the brook that runs through the ravine. Well, you know, God decided that 
it was his time to move. Like, it was his time to go, right? And he dried up the brook, you know, and Elijah must have felt like, hey, God, like, you brought me to this brook. Why is it dried up? Like, what's the point of that? But no, Elijah didn't do that. And that's, you know, generally one of our reactions, too, as, you know, people who need help in that department is we're, we're like, oh, why did I lose my job? And, you know, I did that. I was upset for, like, two weeks about it. Uh, I lost my job because my company decided to hire engineers, and I was the last business person hired. Like, nothing I can really do about that. But it was a terrible place to work, and God, you know, dried up that brook for me. And Pastor Rick Warren, he's talking about in his, uh, I think it's his, let me find it. It says, when you're running out of everything, uh, Daily Hope podcast from a couple weeks ago, and um, God's only going to, you know, dry up your brook. In my case, it was unemployment. Um, in another case in my life, it was my hair. He pulled my hair out. Well, God didn't pull my hair out. My hair fell out. But, um, you know, he's trying to redirect uh, your dependencies, trying to move you to a better place in you. Most people wouldn't say that, you know, my hair falling out made me a better person, but it made me an amazing person. I'm incredibly resilient now. Like, somebody throws a problem my way, and I don't generally sulk about it or, you know, just give up. Because in the case of my hair, like, that's a, it's not okay in the society to be a woman without hair. So for years, I've had to deal with being a person that I think for for three years I was essentially bald and I had to deal with that stigma that comes with it and you know I didn't let any of that stop me I got tons of internships I went to China three times and this is all like my hair was not there for most of it and I think it was it's just really cool that God does things that you know we might perceive as bad but they really end up helping us at the end of it after it's all said and done. But if you don't keep your faith during those periods of waiting, you're going to really suffer because you're not learning the lesson that God needs you to learn so that you can go forth and do his work. Um, so Pastor Rick Warren, he was talking about uh, when Elijah's brook dried up, God's only God does that for three things. He does that to redirect your dependency on, you know, whatever it was you were depending. For me, I was depending on my paycheck. I wasn't focused on God. So God says, all right, you know, we clearly need to have a conversation. So my brook dried up, right? And it was also, it wasn't just that. Pastor Rick Warren also says it's to move you to a better place. I'm about to get an amazing job. I can just feel it. Like I'm in the last round of these interviews. I'm one of the top applicants. Um, and it, it all feels so surreal, right now and if it doesn't even work out I have a better I have another job lined up which is awesome and you know it's just because God was willing to have faith in me and move me to a different place um, which is really important because the place I was working at was a very toxic environment and I'm sure like everyone you know has that you know one job from hell that was my job it was terrible uh, but I really enjoyed it and I learned a lot which is I would never have gotten this opportunity to be, you know, in the final round of interviews for this awesome company 
without that experience. So, you know, God plays a role in every part of your life, even when you think it sucks. You know, God's always, you know, around and he's right there. You just can't forget that he's there. And that's reason number three that Pastor Rick Warren gives is that it's to prove that he has not forgotten you. Because, you know, in the midst of all of these things, I had to go back on some medication for my anxiety and my depressive disorder. And, you know, it really helped me see clearly kind of what I was missing, especially uh, when I was released as I was moving into my apartment. That really sucked. And you're just kind of like, God, why? Well, it's because God knew I would have ran straight home if I wasn't moved into my apartment and I wouldn't have got, and I wouldn't be getting this job or getting this experience that I'm having or starting this podcast. If I had gone home, I would have just swallowed and I wouldn't have focused on God. And so it's been amazing. Like this whole change in my life and my period of waiting. So waiting, don't be passive in your waiting. That's another thing that Rick says is, um, you shouldn't, you shouldn't wait. There's a part in the Bible that says, wait and hope for and expect the Lord and be brave and be good of courage and let your heart be, be stout and enduring. And I think it's just really important that we remember that phrase because, you know, waiting gets boring, right? Like imagine how bored Elijah was sitting in that ravine. And I don't know, I just, it's, that's just something that really speaks to me. Like waiting's not passivity. Waiting, it, okay, take, this is a, more of a real life example, but like um, I speak a little bit of Mandarin and they don't say unemployment um, for people that are looking for jobs. They call them job waiting because they're waiting for a job, but it's not passive waiting in that culture. It's, you know, actively trying to find a job. And so it's the same concept here, like waiting's not passivity, like you shouldn't just sit there, sit there, and sit there, and think a job's just magically going to pop up because you subscribe to some, you know, monster indeed and stuff like that. No, you have to sit there and you have to read, you have to do your cover letters for specific things, or for specific companies, and you have to you know, re rewrite your resume so the machines pick up the words. Like, it's taking all of that initiative so God can put it where it needs to be. And it'll feel like, you know, maybe not a lot of it's going anywhere, but, you know, God's giving you all of that practice so that when you finally send that last cover letter in, it's perfect. And it's for that company that God wants you to be at so that he can work in your life at your job. You'll just forget about God when you decide to start working, which is exactly what I did. Um, in my first job right out of college. But, you know, now having my time out time and my period of waiting, I've had all of these new real realizations, and I think it's really important to share those with you guys. Um, and a thing Mia D Davies says in um, episode 105, um, I think it's making the new year, she, she says, you know, you should let God do it his way. Like, it's not in your way. Like, you, like, we can't even fathom to know what the plan is for us. And we shouldn't try to figure it out. If God says do something, we should be obedient and we should just do it. So, you know, whenever you're feeling stressed because you don't know what's going on, just repeat these words. And these are Mia Davies's, Davies, Davies's words. Your will, your way, your timing. And that's to God. You know, God's will, God's way, God's timing. It's not yours. No. Like, 
You don't know the great plan that he has for your life, but you can trust in him that he's not going to let you, he's not going to let you drown. And he was sitting and talking to Peter, um, on the water when, during the storm, uh, he said, Peter, come walk out to me. And Peter walked out to him. He didn't say, ah, oh, no, God, that's water. I'll drown. No, he didn't do that. So when God says, hey, give all the cash and your money to the guy, you know, selling newspapers, give him all the cash that you have. Like, don't be like, oh, I might need this dollar. There's an ATM nearby. You can get more. And, um... I also think it's it's pretty important because like once you start coming to this realization that you know Christ's always going to be there for you like he's not going to leave you floundering the devil really likes to come in and try to twist the words of other people or use other people to give you doubt and I think one of my favorite episodes from Mia Davies thus far is um her episode 109 and that's letting the opinions of others hinder your calling um so Satan likes to use other people and, you know, it's not, you know, they can be good Christian people, but sometimes, you know, Satan gets in there and he likes to throw some doubt your way. And for me, like if you've taken an Enneagram test, I have the achiever, um, the achiever personality, which basically means I need external validation. And what I'm struggling with the most, which I've struggled with my entire life is getting my external validation from God, not from people. I tend to focus on what other people think of me, and that's just this kind of thing, too. Um, like, why I'm unemployed, I feel kind of unworthy to be around employed people my age, which is silly, I know. It's very silly, and it's all from the devil, so whenever I have thoughts like that, I, I just, uh, I say what Jesus said when, um, who was it? It was Peter. Peter again, our guy, right? Uh, you know when he's being, you know, hunted down, and all you know, the Sadducees. Is it the Sadducees? I don't know. You know, somebody's coming to arrest Jesus. So the people are coming to arrest Jesus, and you know, Jesus is like, "Well, Peter, you're gonna deny me three times, but you know, it's okay." But you know what happens all in that conversation? is Jesus is like, well, they're coming for me. I'm going to go out and meet them. And Peter's like, no, Jesus, like, we can escape. Like, it's okay. Like, they won't get you. Like, we've escaped all these other times. And he says, you know, because Jesus God, Jesus goes, well, you know, it's my time. This is the time I've chosen and ordained it to be that I go and be sacrificed for the people that I love. You know, all of the people in the world that I created. And he's like, you know, he said, he said straight to Peter, he said, Satan, get behind me for I will not receive you. But he wasn't calling, uh, Peter Satan because Satan was trying to put in doubts through Peter's mouth, if that makes sense. And it's crazy how like, even that can apply to your life in so many different ways. Like we have, there's always, you know, Debbie doubters, but then there's people that you don't expect it from, right? Um, for example, this past week, I went to a reception before a theater show that I was going with my grandma. I hang out with my grandma a lot. She's really fun. And, um, I was talking with one of her friends and I was talking about how I really want this job that I was telling you guys about that I'm in the interview for. 
the last round of it. Yay. Um, and I was really telling him about it and I was, you know, explaining why I'm qualified for it, you know, kind of how my past job really prompted me for it. And I could have sworn, I could have, that he had said, uh, I don't think you'll get it. And that was one of those moments where I had to pull what I had been stressing and, uh, you know, stressing into my brain, trying to, you know, remember all of these things that I'm learning. And in my mind, I said, Satan, get behind me for I will not receive you. Because, you know, that wasn't, um, that wasn't the guy. That wasn't the guy. Like, the guy's generally a really positive person. So I just kept talking about it. Like, he had, you know, argued with me, um, about me not being able to get it. I just went on my merry way, and I was like, you know, these are the other reasons that I think I'll get it, and I think I'm very qualified for it. Um, and then, then I heard what he actually said, which was like, oh yeah, I think you'll get it. But it's crazy how, like, even if they say something that's really positive, that the devil can twist it on its way through your ear. Like, it's crazy. And, you know, I hadn't realized it until now, but, you know, I've struggled with it a lot of my life too, you know, being with my achiever INTJ persona that I have. And on top of that, I'm a Taurus, so I'm like extra stubborn. So it's always fun. But um, I think it's really important that, you know, in these periods of waiting, we rejoice. Um, that's what I've been doing. I'm considering my unemployment kind of like this two-week vacation, but it's not it's not a vacation from everything, right? It's a period for me to really learn scripture, to focus on what I need to be doing uh, in the next place that God puts me. And it's, you know, really to not forget about him. Like, I don't want him to have to feel like he needs to dry up my brook because I'm not focusing. So I'm an easily distracted person. And, you know, it's really easy for me to just kind of forget about God or go through the motions. And you're like, oh, I'm going to church. Yay. Right. And then not think about him the rest of the week or at work. And work's where you spend most of your time. You know, school's where you spend most of your time. If those people don't know that you're a Christian, if somebody goes, hey, describe Madeline for me. And they don't say the first thing out of their mouth is, oh, she is a dedicated Christian then are you really a Christian, right? Like, if other people don't see it, I think one of my favorite things my pastor says um, back home is, you know, you should be walking so close to Jesus that the dust is on your clothes. You know, that's pretty much, like, right on top of him, right? You know, it was pretty dusty back then. Like, if you're walking on a dirt road and you were walking behind somebody on a dirt road in the desert, you would be a little dirty, right? But in the closer you got, you would get even more dirty. So you want to be that close to walking with Jesus. So you, you, like, the goal is to be as much like Jesus as possible. You know, minus the whole, you know, blasphemy, blasphemy thing. But, you know, act like Jesus would. Like, people are like, what would Jesus do, right? Do that. Like, actually do what Jesus would do. Like, that's a thing. Actually do that. Um, so... I hope that my little spiel is something that you're interested in. And if you have any suggestions how I can make this better, since, you know, this is the first one, I'd really, really love to hear it. Um, I'm really excited to make more of these. Leave me a comment uh, if you enjoyed it. 
uh, send me a personal message if you didn't, and we can talk about it and figure out where I can improve. Because I think I'm really going to enjoy doing these, and I already feel good about doing them. Uh, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it, you guys. Um, I hope this helped you. I've left the full versions of the um, podcasts and the live sermon that I listened to in the description below. Uh, So see you next time, you guys. Thank you for listening.